Welcome to another edition of Practitioner Radio, Pink Elephant's podcast for the IT management community. Hey, it's Chris Dancy with Pink Elephant. This is Practitioner Radio, pioneering episode one. We're actually kicking off uh, Practitioner Radio chatting with George Spaulding and David Radcliffe from Pink Elephant about the Pink Conference. Hi, George. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Dave. You guys don't sound this official in real life. How are you guys doing? I'm cool. I'm in the middle of my... Uh Annual vacation, Georgia. You're you're on vacation as well, aren't you? Well, not technically. <laughs> <laughs> not technically. What the heck does that mean? You're just trying to make it sound impressive. You're not you're not really working. You've never replied to any emails the last couple of days. <laughs> oh, then I'm on vacation. I'm on vacation. No question about it. Oh, it's been such a joyous first month here at Pink, folks. But we've got an exciting conference coming up. This is uh, the 2011. Uh, conference at the Bellagio. Uh, we wanted to do a couple of quick podcasts intermixed with what's going to become Practitioner Radio featuring Troy um, before the conference and get these out to people so they know what to expect. And I kind of bothered George and Dave on their quote unquote vacations uh, to talk about this year. George, I want to chat with you because okay, you're the subject of much speculation out there in the industry, George. Really? Well, I don't know. I'm just making that up. But George, <laughs> if if there were one, <laughs> if if there were one thing that you were thinking, hmm, 2011, I've been doing this conference for how many years? Have you been doing it now, George? Well, this is the 15th year for the conference, Chris. I was I wasn't at every conference, uh, but I certainly have been a mainstay for easily the last 10 or so. So, after 10 years of doing the same conference, what what are you looking forward to in, in 2011? I think the key is that it's not the same conference. Ooh. It's never really been the same conference. If we, um, I, I know it probably may not look this way from the outside, but when we sit back uh, at the beginning of, let's, let's say the conference is in February, and when we sit back and, and recover, and then it's now the first week in March, we pretty much go back to the drawing board. And we say, okay, that was nice, that was great, it was wonderful that 1,500 people came and, and heard great stuff and, and learned a lot and ate well and drank a little bit and, and enjoyed Las Vegas or wherever we had it. But um, but the, the important thing is, is not the past. The important thing really is to look to the future and say, okay, is... Is this IT service management journey just going to be another little piece? Are we just going to take another step forward? Or do we have some dramatic developments coming down the pike that we really need to pay attention to? So when we sit back and say, wow, uh, that was a great conference, but, but what are we going to do next year to top it? It's really not about topping it. It's to make sure that what we say and what, and what the uh, speakers various sessions, and by the way, Chris, we have like 160 sessions this year, which is more than we've ever had before, um, is, is that what they talk about is really what's, what's on people's minds, and that they're going to be answering questions that people have in their everyday life. 
That's the most important part. And you were looking for what's the one thing that, that I believe we should be looking for for 2011 or 2012 or 2013. The answer is always the same. Well, I guess what, what is George looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the new stuff. The new stuff. I'm looking forward to the fact that we're going to be talking a little more about social media this time. Even though last year we, we uh, kind of integrated Twitter into the general sessions. Uh, but I'm also going to be looking forward to the the um, more than idle. So, idle v3 is kind of actually matured now. It's not a an up and coming framework. It's actually here. Uh, all of the courseware is out there, and all of the exams and and the idle v2 is expiring. And we're going to stop using v3 and v2 and just call it idle. Finally. Uh, but we're also talking about ISO 20,000, which is there's a new version to be released this year, 2011. We're talking about ISO 27,000, those kinds of things. And we, we've got a number of sessions on lean IT. That's the new stuff as far as I'm concerned. I think you even have a session on 38,500. We do. Intro to 38,500 is out there as well, yeah. which is the IT governance, ISO IT governance framework. So those are the kinds of things that I'm looking for, the beyond ITIL uh, types of things, which is which I think is is making inroads. ISO makes inroads into the into the U.S. market. It's it's much larger outside the U.S., uh, which you know we're able to see that because we travel a great deal. But inside the U.S., the ISO not as strong. But I've been I've been involved this year a little bit more in the ISO 20,000 stuff. And uh, I begin to understand how this, how they view themselves. And that, that was different for me. But I don't want to get into that. That's too much detail for this stuff. Yeah, it's too much detail. It's way too much. Anytime you go that long without taking a breath, I worry about all of our health. Thank you very much. Sounded like he was actually, he actually had something prepared there. Yeah. I've never heard, I've never heard George talk so authoritatively before without trying to be funny. <laughs> so, uh, must be the vacation, huh? So, yeah, you've got some. You've got your batteries recharged or something. I mean, that sounded quite impressive. But Chris, do you mind if I have a go at answering the same question, Mister Ratcliffe? No, you 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 are the yin to that yang. Well, there's definitely going to be a yin to that yang for sure. Because uh, you know, I know we're going beyond you know ITIL and just IT service management. And to, for some, you know, for, for some years, I've thought we really should uh, you know broaden things a bit more with the conference, but. In the last year, one of the things that's really struck me from a number of different angles is uh, is how people have this thirst for more knowledge, and they want to go beyond, and they want to they want to get more advanced stuff. But when they, when you actually look at what they're, they're really doing at work, is they're not really, <laughs> and I'm generalizing very dangerously here, mm-hmm. they're not really doing a fantastic job at the basics anyway. And so, you know, we see this in a number of in a number of ways. The three of us have just come back from a, a, a little speaking tour in Asia, and you know, we got a lot of fairly basic type questions, didn't we, in our question and answer sessions? Yep. And Still to this day, you get you get that the same. It's the same everywhere in the world, not just in Asia. As people ask the most basic questions, and I'm not being disrespectful here. It's because that's what really is causing them their their problems day to day, you know, or, or their issues day to day. And then the other thing is from a different angle altogether, we do these maturity assessments for our customers. We call it Pink Scan. And uh, for the last year or so, I've been telling people the summary results that we've been looking at or the, the kind of collated, aggregated scores from all over the world of over a thousand assessments. And the maturity levels of all of the processes are really way, way down low. 
you know, somewhere in the 1.5 to 2 uh, range in the CMMI model uh, scheme. So, you know, if people have this thirst for knowledge for the more advanced stuff, then how come they're still struggling to get control of stuff like incident management, problem management, change management? And so, you know, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to not just at the conference this year, but going into 2011 with Pink is somehow addressing this need, I think, or this opportunity for us to help our customers to really achieve something with the nuts and bolts, the, the you know the general day-to-day stuff. Uh, of course, there's these opportunities with uh, newer frameworks and models and standards like the ISO 27000 series, and which is getting a lot of interest in the in the 38500, which Jim Finister is going to talk about uh, at the conference. I mean, these are interesting subjects because we do have a diverse range of cl- customers who. Uh, who do have lots of different needs. And that's one of the challenges of a big conference is you can't be all things to all people. Or well, that's what we're trying to do anyway. Yeah. And that's why we have 160 sessions and I don't know how many tracks, George, 12, 15 tracks maybe. 15. But uh, so I guess what the thing I'm looking forward to is really seeing how we continue to address those basic needs that people have, not just the, you know, the exciting new stuff. Well, and I think the other exciting new thing I, that most people might not even have put together yet is before and after the conference this year, they'll have practitioner radio, this being the kickoff event yeah. to actually, you know, on a weekly or biweekly basis with some of Pink's world you know, leading consultants uh, to get down to brass tacks and actually continue the dialogue right around the base elements that many people seem to struggle with. Yeah, yeah, good. Good stuff. Hey, um, there are, you guys always have amazing keynotes. Um, there are some interesting ones coming this year. I know that, We've seen some interesting ones. I think David and George, you both were at a lot of different conferences, not just your own in 2010. Um, what about the keynotes at the Bellagio this year for Pink 11? Well, uh, you want to talk, Dave, about Michael Abershaw? Well, just as a general point, and you can talk in a little more detail about one or two of the guys. You know, after 14 years, and this is the 15th, as George said, is we've seen a lot of people uh, come through our keynotes. And it's one of the things that we get patted on the back a lot with is uh, how we managed to discover in many instances uh, some some guys like one of the speakers we have this week, or sorry, this conference. Uh, I think the very first conference speaking gig he ever had was was with us. And uh, he's went on to make a big name for himself, good for him. Uh, Michael Abrashoff, George will tell you a little bit about him in a second, I guess. But the thing about the, 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 the complete list of uh, keynote speakers, and don't take this as a negative, is they've all spoken at Pink, conferences in the past and that's that tells you that we know what we're going to get we know they're going to be good we know they're relevant and appropriate for our audience and it's not so much that you know they all spoke last year and it's just a recycle or a rerun of last year's event i think uh i think it's probably at least five or six years since any of these guys tim sanders malcolm fry and mike abrashoff spoke at our event and so you know we know that the that most people who will be attending in 2011 uh, won't have seen any of these guys as keynote speakers at a pink event uh, in the recent past, or they won't have been at our event from you know five to ten years ago. So, George, tell us a little bit about uh, each of these three guys, because we have three major keynote speakers, and then we have a, a final general session, which George and I are presenting, but we don't really want to promote that too much right now, eh, George? No, we certainly don't want to talk about you and me. <laughs> 
So our our opening our opening keynote on Monday and also our opening keynote on Tuesday is uh, Captain Michael Abershoff and uh, his first his opening keynote on Monday morning uh, that would be February twenty first Las Vegas Bellagio. Um, is talks about uh, it's your ship. It's a book that he wrote about five years ago, and it basically details um, his journey of taking over as the captain, the leader of the worst ship in the United States Pacific Navy. It had it scored at the bottom of every single category that they can that they have, and within twenty months. He left that ship and turned it completely around to be the best ship in the United States Pacific Fleet. And this, the talk is, a, is about that journey and what he did. And some of it's funny, and some of it is heartwarming, and some of it's very touching. And an awful lot of it is simple common sense, except that common sense isn't that common. So you find out some great stuff about him as a leader and about his view of leadership and about his, his way of motivating people. So it's good, le- good lessons in leadership and in communications, too. Oh, right? yeah. So it's not just, you know, it, it's not just relevant to somebody who's going to be captain of a ship. It's relevant in business to people who need to communicate with team members and, and other groups. And so we just find it extremely relevant. And I know, I know our consultants talk about his lessons, or they have done for years now since we first had him come along. So, yeah, it's very, very relevant. Hmm. And on uh, day two, uh, Michael is going uh, to talk more about some, some key best practices for leading teams in the business world, taking those lessons he learned on the Benfold, his ship, and translating them into the business world. For some reason, I can't get Mikhail's Navy out of my head. Mikhail's Navy. It has nothing to do with Mikhail's Navy. <laughs> okay. Just making sure. I, we have to have a little cultural benchmarks. All the women tell me he's a lot better looking than Ernest Borgnine. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So. And then on... Uh, second day. Yeah, second uh, second day. Anyway, he's going to be talking about his uh, five key best practices for uh, for moving moving these lessons from the ship into the business world. And we'll have a little Q&A as well. Wow. Uh, so then we move on to Monday afternoon, and that we've got Tim Sanders, who we've had before, who we love. He's a great guy and a phenomenally motivating speaker. Tell us about the likability factor. And then on Tuesday afternoon, we have our good buddy, an old friend, someone who David has known for, gosh, an incredible amount of time. A millennium. Uh, and that would be that would be Malcolm Fry. And Malcolm's going to talk about everything he learned about surviving an ITSM implementation he learned from Jimmy Buffett. Beautiful. And why Jimmy Buffett, of course. We actually did something similar, George. Didn't, don't you remember? We did something similar. I think it was the fourth or fifth annual conference in Orlando. So probably nobody who's going to be in Vegas in February would have been there. I think, Dave, that that, that, kind, of fits, that kind of fits into the, if you can remember the 60s, you weren't there. Well, you you don't have a you don't have a very good memory, George. You said we had Michael Abrashoff wrote his book five years ago. It's actually almost ten years ago since he wrote that book. Well, see, well in IT time, that in IT, George is correct <laughs> because they're like dog IT years are like dog years. It's just half as much. Yeah, uh, D- David, you mentioned Orlando and the conference being down there. And for several years, the conference has actually been at the Bellagio, and I think it's again at the Bellagio. Yeah. At least that's what my plane ticket says. Why do you guys? What's up with the Bellagio? Is there some type of inside deal we all need to know about? What don't don't you like it? 
I love, actually, I have to be honest with you, I, I'm kind of addicted. And the Fountain Hotel is, is my favorite. Yeah, well, it's kind of one of the best hotels, isn't it? They don't make movies about any other hotels. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the best hotels. I mean, they're all, I mean we, we're very fortunate that, you know, we can pick and choose where we want to go. And to some extent, you know, George and myself and uh, the, the senior people at Pink are able to exercise a lot of influence. Obviously, we make some final decisions. But, you know, at the same time, there's, there's not a lot of places we can go because the number of people that we have at the event and the size of the event, the number of courses we do before and afterwards, we're, we're at the Bellagio and we take the place over for almost two weeks, George, right? It's about 10 business days, isn't it, that we're, we're virtually the only game in town at the Bellagio? Yeah, counting all the pre-conference courses. Yeah. Yeah, and don't is it can you was it my memory playing tricks on me George but we had a meeting with the management there about 2 or 3 years ago didn't they tell us that we were the biggest customer that they have? We were their biggest event at that time. Yeah. I mean to answer your to answer your question Chris, we the Bellagio is the perfect size property for our show. It's just perfect. It's big enough and, and uh, certainly one of the most luxurious and wonderful hotels, not just in Las Vegas, but actually in the world. We've been to hotels all over the world, and the Bellagio is really tough to top. But we go back from time to time to Las Vegas and say, go to these other hotels and, and say, okay, uh, tell us why we should leave the Bellagio. And in the end, they can't. <laughs> it's just too wonderful. It's perfect. And, and the pricing is even right for our people. Uh, the rooms at the at the Bellagio, the prices that they charge for our people coming in are very competitive with the other hotels in Vegas. So, well, yeah, I mean, compared to the rooms you get at the other hotels, what you pay at the Bellagio, you get twice the room at the Bellagio. It's amazing. Yeah, I know it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful property. But you know, Vegas is a Vegas is not everyone's cup of tea, uh, and so that's an issue we often debate as well. Mm -hmm. But you know, you can't please all people, and some people will say. You know, I'd much rather go somewhere else, but but we get the same, you know, we get the opposite as well. Uh, and so on balance, you know, we do have some data and we do, do we do research and we do track trends. And on balance, you know, we get a better attendance and a better response in Vegas than, than in the other major cities, of which there isn't, there aren't that many, as I was starting to say earlier, where we could go. You know, there aren't that many huge hotels with a, uh, thousands of bedrooms and uh, huge ex exhibit space in, in places like Orlando and San Francisco. I mean, there might be one or two, but there's not that many now. And uh, when you look at the particular dates that we want to work with and the scheduling of the time, uh, you know, it almost makes its own decision. It's very difficult for us. We, c we haven't got a huge long list of places we could go to. Now, do you think maybe we could get IBM just to move theirs out a bit? <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're down the street at the MGM, I think, the week after or the week before or the say, or one year that was the same week, the same dates. That was last year. It was the same week. Yeah, we had people going literally who were at both conferences that would leave ours for one session, run over there, see a quick session, then run back to pink. And it was, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, guys, uh, why I've got you both on the phone, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about some pink strategy we saw in 2010 and moving forward. One of the things I've enjoyed reading, and I'll put a link in the show notes um, to this, Last year and this year are the blogs from the IT skeptic that he's been doing for you around the conference. Mm -hmm. What was the thinking there? I'll let David do that one. <laughs> well, yeah, we wanted we wanted to provide. I mean, you know, I hope Rob England's not going to be offended when he get if he manages to listen and stay awake this far if he listens to this. But uh, 
But I tried to get George to blog. Uh-huh. And George, what happened? Why didn't you end up blogging? Um, I, See that pause I, there? That pause because he doesn't know how to answer that. He doesn't know how to answer that. So we, we said, who can we get who can help us to, to keep the, the discussion going before and even after the event to get people a little bit excited and give them a little bit of a teaser and an appetizer as to what to expect. And so we went to Rob uh, about a, well, just over a year ago and asked him to, to blog about the 2010 event, which he did do, and he's been continuing that. Uh, and he does a great job. I'm not so sure we get as much readership of the conference blog as we would like, so maybe this is a good way to, to uh, promote it. If you go to the Pink Elephant website and click on the blogs link, uh, you'll see the various pink blogs that we have, and one of them is the conference blog. George does contribute from time to time, but uh, and uh, more so than I do, and uh, Rob does most of the writing, though, and he does interviews of the uh, various speakers we have, and this year he's interviewed, I think, many of the university professors we have who are speaking, uh, and we have a couple of university professors actually who work in academic institutions where ITSM is actually used and is part of the curriculum. In fact, we have one uh, speaker this year who's actually going to talk about the university's IT department and how it uses ITSM and what it's achieved there. And so, you know, Rob's talked to some of these guys and other speakers and uh, it's given some good profiles. So uh, the thinking really is just to get people interested in what, we're, what they're going to see when they show up in February. And also maybe keep some of the discussion going afterwards as well. Yeah, I mean, you guys are also, I mean, you think about Rob, I think you've invited Ian Clayton to speak. Is that true? Yep. Yeah, Yeah, I'm looking forward to Ian coming along. I got an email from him just a couple of days ago. He's looking forward to coming. He's he's not able to go out and travel around as much as he used to but because uh, uh, he's got lots of different commitments. But he's chosen to speak at the Pink event this year, which is great. We'll, we'd like to have him there. He. I think we had him many, many years ago, maybe more than 10 years ago, because he was one of the founders of ITSMF in the U.S., uh, I think, in around 97. Yeah, and, he, and he's become quite the uh, talked-about uh, figure in the industry. Yeah, he's got some very alternate, challenging views. He has a different yeah. body of knowledge that's kind of competitive to ITIL, you know, and uh, he talks a lot of common sense. People like to hear what he has to say, so good luck to him. We're looking, to, looking forward to hearing his ideas and hearing what discussion comes out of it. Do you, do you, when you put together your list of speakers and you look at your roster, do, do you purposely try to find people that maybe shake things up a bit or is it just a coincidence? George? Oh, it's not a coincidence. No, it's not a coincidence. Okay. One of the, one of the things that, uh, and at the risk of not being funny again, Dave. <laughs> That's okay, George. <laughs> at the risk of not being funny. That's very, very easy for you at times, George. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no, he didn't. Oh, yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> okay, get on, get on with it. <laughs> get on with it. Get on with it. At the risk of not being funny, the, um, um, one of the things that, that, as I've come to know Dave Radcliffe, which has uh, been about a 10-year journey now, and I think I'm kind of knowing him now, um, is, you know, when you first see somebody or you first meet somebody, you hear a few things. You always want to check them out and see whether they're real or not and whatnot. But consistently over time, what David is the most interested in doing is presenting um, opposing points of view. He is not interested in a, a single viewpoint conference. He's interested in creating a forum 
a forum for discussion, a forum for agreement versus disagreement, a forum for new versus old. That's really what he was always about. That's why it's kind of an odd thing for a company like Pink Elephant, which is basically an education company and a consulting company, to have a conference like this, which in most worlds would be an industry conference put on by some sort of industry group. But not, not in this case. This is put on by a private company that, you know, is hopefully going to make a profit. But the most important part of it is to create and perpetuate this forum for ideas. And I'm afraid that you have somebody on this call who is responsible for that. And he's British. Oh, mm. shucks, George. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> oh, shucks. Oh, shucks. Oh, shucks in a British accent doesn't really cut it, does it? Yeah, yeah, my accent's not from around these here parts, is it? But but you know what? The, uh, the, the stuff about mixing things up is my paraphrasing of what you just said. It's uh, what's particularly interesting and uh, maybe a little bit naive and irresponsible if you, from another point of view is this this sort of project, the, this annual conference we do, is the most risky thing we do in the year, by far, right? By far. I mean, we do a, we do a training course for a customer, and we treat that with a lot of respect, and we're grateful and humble that they'll trust us to train a dozen or 20 people, or even in the big projects, 100 people. But that's nowhere near as risky as putting on a conference for a couple of thousand people and getting people from you know, dozens of countries to fly to one place on a certain date. And, you know, something could go wrong either just beforehand or while we're there or who knows. And, uh, you know, I dread to think what could go wrong. But we've had some close calls in the past with, uh, you know, events and weather and natural disasters and all kinds of things. And the economy just recently when President Obama was kind enough to tell businesses not to travel to Vegas a few weeks before our conference. Uh, oh, yeah, that was nice. So it's a, it's a very risky thing we do, and so it would be easy to just kind of take the easy path and just keep singing from the same hymn sheet. But, you know, we, we, uh, I think what makes it interesting and keeps it sustainable is the fact that there's always something fresh. There's always something a little bit different, and uh, I'm hoping that's why people say they come back. They tell us that the most important factor for attending this conference, and I suspect for any conference, is the content. It's not the date or the venue or the food. I'm sure those things have some get some ratings, and they're not insignificant. But our customers, I'm continually reminded by uh, key people in our marketing department at Pink that the most important thing is the content and the subject matter, and that's what we pay the most attention to. Brilliant. Well, it's always been one of my favorite conferences, and it's always boggled my mind how an institution that aims to connect and educate uh, would actually go out of its way to put on such a big show. But uh, being part of the greater picture nowadays, it certainly makes more sense. Um, guys, we're going to chat a couple more times before our February event. Um, Chris, before we go, I still want to ask you something. Sure. Because you've just recently joined Pink. Um, yeah. And last year, or last year's, I'm saying last year, we're almost at the end of 2010, the last conference. Yeah. Early this year, uh, you know, you got you got a little involved in some of our social networking activities, and we didn't do a huge amount, but we certainly broke, you know, broke free from the shackles of the old days of just standing on stage and shouting at people. Uh, so we've got people interacting in the sessions using social networking tools. 
now that you've joined Pink and you've got a job of helping us to do an even better job in this area, what have you got in mind for February as to what we'll do a bit differently? Anything you can tell us or do you want to make everything a surprise? <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, I have to be uh, real careful. But, you know, if you look at the timeline on conferences starting around 2007 when I first joined Twitter until today – you know, I remember the first time I went to a show and, and tweeted out, hey, anybody here? And I was, you know, like getting a ping echo from underneath the ocean and nothing, you know, it was just deadening you know, silence and just me and a bunch of sperm whales going around and where is everybody? Where is everybody? And it, it was really the, um, it was the pink uh, 10 event that I thought really showed that, okay, this this social stuff, this collaboration uh, has some tractions. You guys had stuff up on the walls. And and then throughout 2010, I saw different conferences in different parts of the globe um, replicate with, with similar success uh, what you guys, I think, pioneerly pulled off uh, last February in uh, 2010. I think for 2011, a lot of people are expecting uh, a lot of stuff. So obviously, they're expecting the Twitter. Uh, they're expecting... Um, tweet ups and they're expecting other little, you know, nonchalant uh, social tools. But I think we're going to do something completely different that uh, we'll probably be talking about over the next few podcasts. Uh, but we're looking at to take engagement to a whole nother level. Uh, we're looking to really put the conference in the palm of people's hands uh, and really give people something to engage with, to, to interact with. Um, and you'll have a way to uh, meet and greet and visit with vendors and participants and speakers like you've never seen before. Um, and that's really all I'm going to say about it for now. Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to have another chat, are we? See, it's <laughs> going to be a surprise, Dave. <laughs> no, he said we're going to have some more talks between now and February. Yeah, we do. We've got a few more of these little uh, conference chats scheduled. We've got actually our, we've got Troy on, uh, uh, coming on to talk about, uh, 2011 and, uh, practitioner radio and getting back, back to basics. So, uh, we're, we're mixing the two th ideas, but it's much like the conference, you know, it's all good stuff. So in future in future podcasts, you're having smart people speak. Yeah, this would this would be the NPR version of the first podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Great career move there, George, saying that. <laughs> I included myself. We're all included. Uh, gentlemen, it's uh it's been a great 2010. I'm looking forward to the conference. Uh, it was a great trip to Asia. I know you both are on vacation. You're well respected, you're world renowned, and you're too top class uh, human being. So I look forward to 2011 and chatting with you about the conference mid-January. Lovely, Chris. Thanks very much. I look forward to seeing you, Chris. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, guys. This is Practitioner Radio, Episode 1, signing off. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.